Good morning and welcome to the Marketing Rocket Fuel podcast. My name is Michael. This is Drew. And we have Hi there. a special guest this morning, Jennifer. Jennifer, say hello. Hello. And we're going to have you introduce yourself here in a second. But Drew, I know you've got some news from the expo from last week. Why don't you launch into that real quick? Oh man, we had a great time at the Charlotte Area Chamber Business Business Expo last week. I would say um, we probably had the coolest booth in the whole thing because we had aliens in our booth and mm-hmm. and uh, lots of outer space stuff and and of course big <laughs> pictures of me and Michael there with our big giant heads on these banner stands. Um, so and people still came to the booth, you know, with yeah. that on the banner stand. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, we were running a contest. So uh, people who subscribed during that uh, during that business expo actually got entered to win an anti gravity chair, a lunar campfire mug, just like the one that I'm using right here, and a and a rocket fuel performance T shirt. Um, and so the winner of that, we are happy to announce, is Matt Swanson. Matt Swanson, you are the winner Yay. of the um, of the um, I call it the Visit Earth Vacation Package. So, um, so Matt, we'll be getting in touch with you and uh, and get that over to you. So, congratulations, Matt. And, and it was great to meet you at the expo. I remember I remember talking to him. Um, so. Um, he has a he has a digital solutions company. So excellent! Uh, well, congratulations, Matt. Um, I regret that I didn't get to make it out there. Maybe next time. Uh, maybe we'll do a live a live episode from from the next Ooh. conference. But oh, um, that would be fun. So uh, before we have Jennifer introduce herself, uh, other than um, giving away this this awesome package to uh, to Matt. What were your impressions uh, of the conference or expo? What sort of questions did you guys get there? And what was sort of the mood? Uh, It's sort of, you know, there's some turmoil in the world, some uncertainty in the world. What was the overall vibe you got from folks that visited you guys at the booths? Well, you know, it was really cool because people are wanting to be out again. Um, you know, people, we're seeing a lot of people who just want to be out. They want to make connections with people. They want to get out. But what we're seeing, um, and, you know, we have the the pre-pandemic PP versus, uh, you know, after pandemic AP. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, but what... You know, you used to see just a lot of flood of people at these things that um, would come and you got a lot of tire kickers and things like that. Mm -hmm. What we found is that the people who were at the expo were a lot more intentional about what they were wanting to find out. Mm -hmm. They were they were trying to um, really I, I guess they were intent on doing some business. And uh, so I thought that was a really cool thing because we got to have some deeper conversations with people. It was steady all day long. Awesome. Um, you know, we we didn't go like three minutes without somebody coming to our booth, but it wasn't twenty people at the booth all day long. And so it was it was an interesting. Uh, and this was our first uh, trade show since the pandemic. Um, and actually, it was the the Charlotte Chamber's first trade show since the pandemic as well. And so it was kind of an experiment for all of us, but we had a fantastic time connected with a lot of the other vendors there. And that was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so, so yeah, I would definitely do it again. And we will be at other trade shows, uh, hopefully later this year. Um, so you can kind of uh, watch watch Rocket Fuel to see when we're going to be, wh- where we're going to be when. And awesome. um, I'm looking forward to doing some more. Well, today's episode, we are talking about graphic designers. And so instead of talking about them behind their back, we decided to bring a graphic designer to the conversation. My big joke, and I told Jennifer this last week, that is that everybody and their uncle, I don't know where that phrase comes from, but everybody and their uncle thinks they're, they're a graphic designer until they run headlong into a graphic designer. And then it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So Jennifer, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Give us a quick intro Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I want your take on the expo after that. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, My name is Jennifer Hart, and I have been um, graphic designing professionally or as a career for about seven years. Um, My background is actually in studio art, so I majored in visual art in in college, um, and that has always been my passion, but... Um, shortly after that, I began to work in the printing industry, um, like while I was working on my thesis, actually, and um, studied under their senior graphic designer. And um, I just found that that was a really practical way to bring my passion for visual art and design into a realm where I could actually help other people, if that makes any sense. I mean, art absolutely plays so many important roles in society, but me personally, I was looking for an avenue um, where it wouldn't just be about self-expression, it would be about making practical use of it and turning other people's um, vision into something tangible that that they can be proud of and excited about, kind of validating their um, goals also. And so that was um, where I got started. And so I started out- Jennifer, where do you work now? I work at Escape Plan Marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Marketing agency. Um, and, and what's your role here at Escape Plan? You have heard of it. So I am actually the creative director here at uh, Escape Plan Marketing. So not only the graphic designer, but I do oversee um, basically the visual production of content um, for all of our clients. So, Fantastic. Now, what was your take? Drew is sort of the front man um, for <laughs> the company. Uh, and so his role or his perspective may have been a little different than yours from the conference, but what was your take of the conference? What was that experience like for you? So I'm usually behind the scenes a little bit. I do enjoy creating those connections with clients also. And um, we were talking about this earlier. I'm sort of a half introvert, half extrovert. So so it was intimidating, absolutely. But I did find um, what Drew said to be true that it may not have been like the sheer mass of numbers that you might expect in Charlotte at a business expo, although I thought it was very steady and and really well attended. Um, But I did feel that the people there were genuinely there to make a connection. They Mm. were excited and earnest about it Um, because you get a lot of, a lot of business networking events and especially business expos. Um, There's a lot of people that are there and you can sense that they're there because they have to be, or because they feel like their business needs it. But they're (laughs) like, I wish I didn't have to do this, but this is supposed to be important. Um, Or their boss is making them be there, that sort of thing. But I really didn't sense that from anyone. Um, I felt like there was a sense of excitement. Um, And it may have been like Drew said that post pandemic, um, yeah, we're finally getting back out and connecting with people again. And um and so I, 
shortly after I started connecting with everyone, I found it not to be so intimidating as a warm opportunity to kind of talk to people in a lot of different industries and just learn more about what they do and consequently tell them about the things we're passionate about. Um, Cause that's really what it is. We're, we're passionate about what we do and we want to offer real solutions to people. And um, so, and I sent that and the other people there too. So it's fantastic. Enjoy. Well, um, we don't want to go for hours and hours, although I would love to spend hours and hours talking about <laughs> marketing and expos and all that stuff. But today yes. we're going to drill down and talk about graphic designers. Now, Drew, uh, in the pregame, you had mentioned that you had brought something up that you wanted to read as like a description of what a graphic designer yeah. is. Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned everybody kind of thinks they're a graphic designer. If if you had Microsoft Publisher back in the day, you thought you were a graphic designer. I was, I was, I, I, I a, you I was over a there. clip art ninja. Clip oh art ninja. <laughs> thing as a when I worked in the printing industry as the designer was I have a publisher file. Yes, publisher. File. <laughs> oh no. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, exactly. oh my gosh. So, so Drew, what's so what do so, you got to share with us here? So um, I went over to workable.com and I'll post a link to this in the description here uh, just to find, okay, what's your standard definition of what is a graphic designer and what does a graphic designer do? And so here's what they had to say. They said, graphic designers produce visual concepts to communicate ideas that inspire, inform, and captivate com consumers. Okay, so they are responsible for developing various types of creative content for advertisements, brochures, or magazines. And they do this with multiple tools depending on the medium and the goals of the final project. Okay, so good graphic designer is going to be somebody that's got a natural eye for design and color. Uh, they can design imaginative content. Um, and I'm, I'm straying from what they're doing now, but, um, but they have the ability to translate a client's vision, what they've got in their head or what they're saying into visual media, into something, whether it's a logo, whether it's advertisements, whether it's a flyer, brochure, um, website graphics, whatever that is, they have the ability to get into the client's head understand what they're saying and translate that to the page in a way that communicates with the people the client's trying to reach. So Jennifer, being a real life graphic designer, what's your take on that description? Does it sort of, you feel like you're in this little box and you're like, no, that's not what we do, or that's exactly what we do, or we do more than that. Give, give us your take on what Drew just shared with us. No, I think that's a really good, um, succinct, overall picture. Um, I think Drew touched on the fact that your technical skills are a part of the whole. And I feel like that a lot of people focus really heavily on technical skills, but it has so much more to do with how you translate someone's vision, how you understand sort of their verbal and nonverbal cues, because you're working with someone who can't do it themselves, who doesn't mm -hmm. know how to express necessarily how to distill and conceptualize that vision into something very simple, very immediate, um, and something that that works from a marketing standpoint. And so I think a lot of that comes from communication and conceptualization. Um, but I think that's a good overview. It, it needs to um, inspire a certain feeling or a certain notion about your entity. Um, it needs to 
you know, inform, not necessarily, well, it depends on, you know, I'm thinking branding, but um, it needs to inform um, in a succinct way, honest way, um, and it needs to captivate. Um, so I think that's a good way to awesome. describe it. <laughs> So now that we've got a definition from Workable, I almost I almost asked uh, ChatGPT to give me a definition. <laughs> but we're going to get into that. That was like a non-professional segue. But uh, in our notes here and in our pregame, we were talking about we've got a, a talented graphic designer here in front of us. And uh, now we're going to pit you to the death just kidding, not to the death. Um, <laughs> to the pain. To the pain, we're, yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to pit you, a real-life graphic designer, against some, and, and you're in-house uh, in the business we call that client side, um, or uh, I guess, no, you'd be agency side, not client side. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But we're going to put you up against uh, some concepts that are out there now. Uh, okay. Mainly um, AI, and specifically talking about uh, a platform we call mid it's called mid journey. I don't know if you guys have look it up, uh, you know, and look it up today. It's, it's early April, 2023 in about a month, it's going to be way different. <laughs> um, and then, so there's mid journey, which is sort of AI or well, is AI. There's some do some uh, quick services like Fiverr and Upwork. Uh, some DIY stuff uh, with Canva um, and services like that. Um, and we're going to start there. So, Drew, um, your take on these three services and your take on how they can be used with a designer uh, for for the good of all. Well, you know, we talked about in the in the last episode. Everybody's talking about AI right now, and so let's let's get that one out out of the way right away, uh, because that's that's the one that's on everybody's mind here in early April 2023. Um, in early May 2023, it may be no, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. But um, but in the last episode, we talked about the fact that AI still needs humans to be able to use it professionally and correctly and, and they have their place, but there's still a lot of things that AI can't do that a, a talented professional human in their field can. Um, so what uh, I, I did a little experiment and, you know, I'm experimenting with a lot of different AI platforms and, and, and we're seeing a lot come out. Um, you know, Adobe is, uh, has released the beta for Firefly. Uh, I'm, I'm on the waiting list for that to try it out. I've not been approved yet. Um, <clears throat> um, mid journey is the big one that everybody's using right now, but, um, but Canva's got an AI tool, um, um, Shutterstock, uh, which is where we get some of our stock photography. Uh, yes, we do use stock photography occasionally, um, but they have an AI tool. Um, here's a hint. It's not good. Um, <laughs> sorry, Shutterstock. I just have to call it like I see it. Um, but, well, there goes uh, that sponsorship. Thanks, yeah, there Drew. goes that sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> man, all of the money that we're paying Shutterstock. I mean, oh, we're, yeah, we're not getting any money from from. Uh, uh, our only sponsor is escape plan marketing. Uh, we're pretty transparent about that. Um, but um, so, 
there are things that you can do with AI uh, text to image generation. Um, and it's really good if you need something non-specific or if you're trying to trying to create something that's a, a little bit unique or or something, but it's not something that you need lots of variations on that all match. Right. You know, and there are some things you can get them fairly close in matching. If you're really good with AI prompts, I mean, there's some things that you can do. You can create some pretty incredible stuff. But if you need a logo for a company and you need consistent branding across the board and you need to have that logo in in formats that you can use on anything, whether that's signage, the side of your truck, the the um, the um, menu boards at your restaurant, uh, the logos on your shirt. If you need something that you're going to be able to use everywhere, AI is not going to do that for you because it's not going to create for you all of the different variations of that specific logo in a vector format, which is the format you can make really big without get, getting blurry in a format that anybody can use. And so those are some of the drawbacks and it's not, it's going to do its best guess. It's not going to get specific. So I did a little experiment and we'll put this up on the screen here, um, you know, in post-production, but uh, I did a little experiment uh, and here's the prompt that I gave, uh, uh, mid journey. I said, logo concept for a global fast food hamburger restaurant called McDonald's. I've heard of and that. I used mid journey version five to make that. And um, we talked about the, you know, Microsoft clip art, um, you know, and it, it's very reminiscent of the clippy days. Um, and, right. um, so <laughs> this is the type of thing that you're going to get. You might get something close, but, um, the other thing that we found with AI is it's not very good at generating text and typefaces. Mm. Um, and so if you're needing something like that, AI is not, not great at it. There are some things AI is cool at. You can create, if you just want to create some cool stuff that's, you know, kind of nebulous and, and just fun to play with. AI is great for that. If you're trying to create something very specific that's on brand, that's that's going to help grow your brand from, you know, a mom and pop to a regional national brand, AI is not going to do that for you. You're not going to have Janice sitting at the at the receptionist desk playing with AI making you a logo. That's just that's not going to turn out well. Let me um, let me have Jennifer chime in here. And Jennifer, I'm going to ask you to be transparent and vulnerable here for uh, anybody catching this on YouTube or listening. Yeah. What sort of feelings um, <laughs> sort of well up uh, in you as a graphic designer, somebody who has uh, gotten formal training, has dedicated their life to this craft? Uh, what sort of feelings come up when you see things in the conversation around AI and tools like Midjourney and Canva? Like, what are those feels like? What's the vibe coming from you? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that it didn't strike a nerve in terms of feeling threatened, um, feeling a bit territorial in in that regard. As far as, especially somebody who comes from an art, um, a fine art related background. Um, it's something I'm passionate about and I've seen a lot of sort of discord in the community of, of artists and photographers over how that's being used right now um, and how there's there's a lot of, of feeling of threat and 
people feeling threatened, vulnerable out there. So yes, that, that definitely exists. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things we can talk about that, that AI can't do for you right now, especially in the realm of graphic design, but I have no doubt that um, it will continue to become more sophisticated, more quote unquote intelligent. Um, but I also know that there is a, a factor of, there's the human element there. Um, it goes back to that connection and understanding and communication between two people that I don't know how sophisticated it can, it can get in the future or how, how much it would rely really on the user of it um, to still be inputting that and still be communicating with it in that way. Um, so it would still take some expertise to, to get out of it, what you're putting into it, even if, even as it continues to evolve. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a thing where I feel I can see both sides of the equation. I can see how it can be a very useful tool. It's really exciting. Um, it also makes me nervous and it, it scares me and, and probably scares a lot of people who um, that's their life work, that, that something is automating. Um, and so I'd be interested to see, I'm hoping that as we kind of get over our initial um, kind of infatuation with our ability to do this, that we really consider the ramifications and consider how to use it as a tool and how to kind of toe the line of um, ethics and morality as we make the most of it. Awesome. It well, thank you for yeah, your transparency and being yeah, authentic about that. I, like you said, there's probably, um, there are probably graphic designers and agency owners and business owners that needed to hear that because if you are not, uh, if if we're going to embrace this, then we need to be able to be um, authentic about how we're really feeling about it and how we're using these You're tools. Right. Uh, Drew, agree. do you want to touch real quickly? Uh, I mean, we could just get swallowed up in this vortex of AI discussion, <laughs> but there are are other services which are which are probably using AI too, uh, like Fiverr <laughs> and Upwork and mm -hmm. uh, Canva. You've already mentioned that, but um, how what what's your take on uh those services uh we've touched on these in previous episodes but just real quick for those catching um catching this discussion here uh, about these other services diy and just sort of quickie services that you we've mentioned before well you know and and these are a lot more common for businesses to try to use especially smaller mom and pop businesses um, you know, if you're just starting out in your business and you're and you just don't have hardly any budget to do something, you need to do something rather than do nothing. Um, but you need to understand what you're going to get when you're doing this. Um, and so um, the I, I guess there's a progression of DIY or, or quickie services that people do. Um, so at first they, they may try to go grab some stock art. Or, or try to whip something up in, in Canva. Um, Canva's very widely used. It's a great tool. It's really given Adobe a run for its money, but both have their place. Um, and that's a discussion for later on, you know, Canva versus Adobe Creative Cloud. Um, but um, <laughs> we'll put that down as a future episode. Yeah. Um, but, um, but with Canva and... Um, and clip art and things like that, you're using somebody else's design. You're using somebody else's piece of art there uh, to represent your business. And 
um, when you with a piece of clip art, some of that may look good, but you only have one version of that. Mm-hmm. And as uh, as we know, and and mm-hmm. this is particularly with with regard to branding. Branding is very important, uh, and that's kind of your first step. And so, um, when you have a logo. Um, you know, the astute people will notice that we've got our marketing rocket fuel logo here on on the podcast, but we have multiple versions of that logo. You have some of it for when it's placed against a dark background. You have some of it for when it's placed against a light background. Sometimes you need it one color. Sometimes you need it full color. Sometimes you need it two colors, depending on what usage. Um, we have a patch version of it that looks like a, a mission patch for a um, spaceship. Uh, for like a, a, a NASA crew or something. Um, we also have the standalone icon. We have the versions of it that go on our social media profiles. We have the version of it that goes into the fave icon for our website. So there's lots of different versions of this same thing that we we have to have created. And if you're just grabbing a piece of clip art out of a stock photo place or a stock vector place, um, then you're not getting that. Um, so you're just getting one version of it there. Now, if you step up and maybe you're just farming something out for uh, something like Fiverr or or Upwork or something like that, and I'm not dissing any of these services, by the way. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is make sure that you understand what you're going to get at each level. Um, so if you're hiring out for Fiverr or or Upwork or something like that, what you're going to get is you're going to have to put a put a description in there and you're going to send that out and somebody's going to send you basically what you're going to get. Now, they may give you multiple versions of it or they may give you the vector version of that um, depending on what you're, what you're paying them for. But what you're not getting is somebody who is working with your business to understand what your vision for your business is, who your clients really are, who your customers really are, and creating something that's going to resonate with those customers. And so you're getting a logo and it may represent you okay. Maybe a good start. It may make a good like vinyl banner on the front of the storefront um, or or even on, on glass on the door. It may work for that, but you're getting limited uses out of that. Um, And what usually happens when a business does something like this, they get a PNG file, which is, you know, a graphic file, but it can't be stretched or anything like that. And I can't tell you how many times we've had to put something on a t-shirt or have to put something on a signage. And they'll send us this little file that's this big. And most of your business owners don't realize that you can't stretch that to this big. (laughs) Because well, they it's try, gonna, they try, and <laughs> and so you're going to have to pay somebody to recreate that right. as a vector graphic, um, and then you've got tools like Canva. Canva is a great design tool, but it, a tool is only as good as the craftsman who's using it. And so if you don't have those things like the eye for color, you don't have an understanding of, you know, why you don't use papyrus font or comic sans font. Um, If you don't have an understanding of why those things are bad um, and not effective in your marketing, 
then you're not going to create good designs in Canva, no matter what the tool is. You know, if and I, I if I have a CNC router, I am still not going to create good work woodworking creations because I know nothing about woodworking. And so that's that's kind of the danger with that. You can use some of their pre-made designs, but then again, you're using pre-made designs that aren't your specific brand. And so it's it's how much do you want your how much do you want this to be yours? You know, you're not going to see McDonald's using a specific uh, like a piece of clip art. You know, they're they're just not going to do that because it's off brand. And so as your company, if you're wanting to scale your company up, if you're wanting your company to grow, you're going to need your own defined brand standards. And that's what a graphic designer, uh, especially an, and an agency as a whole, is going to do for you. Fantastic. Um, so. Let, let me sort of transition uh, from that and you, you talk about brand and look, uh, Drew's Drew's too good, uh, too good of a business owner and, and a communicator to pitch this. But guys, if you're catching this on YouTube or you're listening to this in the car and you don't have like a, like a design, uh, design Bible or a branding guide for your company, call, mm. call Drew and get on or, or call Jennifer and, and have them do a quick audit of your brand and, and pay them to put something together. Cause what happens, and we're talking about this is a brand being a promise and a promise. The best thing about a promise is when it's consistent and you deliver on it every day. And if you have your brand floating around in the wild and it's either stretched out or the colors off, or the font is off. It's, or it's against I've, a bubble background. Ab- or... Absolutely. Or, you know, somebody puts a Christmas hat on it without telling you. I mean, it's right. these things, these brand <laughs> guidelines are so important. And it's sort of. I'm, I'm laughing because I've seen every single one of those examples yeah. out in the real world. It's not, you know, these are not made up things. These are no. things that we have seen multiple times over that's the crazy absolutely and And i see so many people start with a a beautiful image as their logo and Mm -hmm. and then their brand impact is completely diminished because there's no consistency into how it's used there's no guidelines or no no's on how to use it and so and and here's the thing when you invest in your brand when you invest into a a guideline or a, a branding guideline or or some document within your company that says this is how people are going to use our brand i mean look i'm a yellowstone fan i don't know if you guys watch yellowstone Love it. it makes really me feel like less of a man because i can't grow facial hair and i don't have a truck but <laughs> the one thing about a brand back in the day that's how you knew that that cow was yours mm-hmm. is you branded it and so this mark you see on the screen, whether it's above us or below us, is a mark of your company. It's a symbol of the promise that you're making to your customers that you will keep. And the more you invest in that brand with regards to a brand, brand guidelines or an icon or, a, or your font, the more you will protect it. 
And the more you protect your brand, the more valuable it becomes. I mean, one of the most iconic brands is an apple with a bite out of it. You don't have to see anything else. You don't have to see any, (laughs) you don't have to see anything. You know what brand that is. And that's the dream for every every company. And more than that, you know what you're going to get from that brand. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. When you see the the mermaid in the circle, you know what you're going to get. You everybody knows who I'm talking about. They know you know what we're gonna and your opinion of that brand may vary, but you know what to expect with that brand. And that's what effective branding does. Um that's why it's so important for us. If you see escape plan represented in the marketplace, you're going to see consistent representation of what we do because we have a brand promise that we're making to our clients. And we want our clients to know that they can expect a high quality, consistent branding experience and a consistent um, um, consistent work from us that, that, that there's a a every experience that customers are going to get, we want that to be a consistent quality experience every time. And so that's not just bragging on my company, but that's what you want for your company. That's what you want your customers to understand that they're going to get a consistent experience. It's like going into a restaurant and one time you have a great meal, you go and you order the eggs Benedict and, um, and it's just, fantastic and the next time you come in they slap some mayonnaise on top of eggs that got shells in them and um and it's on toast you know yeah that's not a consistent experience right and i I do want to not because we've got jennifer here i do want to get her take on brand and then we'll wrap things up with an action tip but jennifer as a designer you know drew and i um we're probably fit in that category of uh, we know just enough to be dangerous as far as the <laughs> design side of things. But as a designer, what are you, what what are you, what's your take on brand? Uh, and then after that, we'll, we'll do a little action tip for, for everybody listening. Yeah. No, you know, just enough to appreciate the value of it and know how to define it, which is really important. Um, and I love that you've described it as a promise because just to distinguish your having a, pretty logo or a nice looking logo is different from having a visual brand that works for your company and your visual brand, your logo is not your entire brand. It's a very important part of it, but the brand is that experience that people are going to have when interacting with your company, your target audience, anyone. um, And you want that to be consistent. You want that to be on mission um, and you want your visual branding surrounding that to represent that in a really effective way. Um, So, So it's just really important to remember that your brand is not your logo. Your logo is that first impression that once people continue, once the public continues to interact with your business, they associate that visual with that promise being delivered. So it's a very important icebreaker, first impression aspect of your brand. Um, But your brand is so much more than that. And that's why it's important to have someone or an agency working with you to help you define your brand experience um, and help you represent that in a way that not only um, distills that into something concrete, um, but also 
like Drew was saying, represents it in a way that's meaningful to your target audience. Um, and that keeps in mind getting to know not only the business, but your audience, your region. Um, it's really important that people kind of understand how business differs from various regions throughout the world, the United States, um, and how to communicate differently according to that. And um, so, so your brand is kind of that entire start to finish experience, whether it's just noticing um, that company's visual presence in advertising around the town, um, seeing their marketing materials, interacting with their website, um, and then all the way through to interacting with um, a representative doing um, something with them using their service or their product um, and all of your brand flows through all of that. And so it's really important to keep that in mind. I'm a visual designer, so I focus on that side of it. Um, and it's also like Drew was saying, it's important to realize why it matters to have a logo that is flexible, um, that has all of the different file types you need, has different use case scenarios. Um, because if you start out with something and then you have to start, if you start out with one type of one image, um, you're going to realize that it doesn't work in every scenario. So then you're going to start expanding upon it without any parameters in place. And it's going to get um, confusing. That experience is going to be confusing for other people looking at it. It's going to look unintentional. Um, and so it's important to have all of those use cases kind of already anticipated with a suite of um, formats for your logo to have all the different file types. Um, and then like you were saying, to have a brand Bible or a, a guideline document on how um, printers and other professional designers should use your logo, how they should not use your logo to diminish the brand impact, um, how people within your company should use it when designing um, smaller in-house pub publications. Well, and Jen, this goes, we've talked a lot about logos, I think, because that's the first thing that people think of when they right. think of a graphic designer, but this goes way beyond your logo. Um, our brand guidelines specify the types of imagery that are used, how people are represented on our website, how mm -hmm. objects are represented on our website, what the icons that go along with our brand are, because, yeah. you know, our brand has more than just the main logo as its icon or the rocket ship as its icon. Mm -hmm. Each one of our service types has its own icon. Um, all of our imagery is consistent. If you look on our website, you'll notice that the people are all wearing our brand colors in our photography. Mm -hmm. um, you will notice that we represent people across a variety of ethnic and, uh, and socioeconomic groups because we want to make sure that, that our representation on our website looks like the public. We yeah. want to make sure that um, uh, we even have uh, um, aliens from outer space represented on our, on our website, and that's part of our branding. Right. Um, and, uh, the spaceship on our website, like the images of the spaceship, the video of the spaceship, that's all a part of our branding. But that's mm -hmm. all also something that graphic design is a part of that. That's a, it's creating that visual aesthetic of the entire brand and making sure that everything goes together. And that's, you know, what Jen does as a creative director. Um, she, she makes sure that everything in our brand is consistent across the board. When we had those banner stands 
at the at the trade show, when we had the signage at the trade show, our our um, signups for our newsletter at the trade show, all of that stuff has a consistent look and feel to it. Right. And that's what a graphic designer is going to do for you. And not to mention all of that stuff, the branding, everything that we have can be trademarked. Mm -hmm. They can be copyrighted. And protected. Um, when you create something with an AI, you can't trademark it. Because technically, according to the U.S. Uh, law, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, you didn't create it. The robot created it. So you can't actually copyright and trademark that. If you create a logo using AI, anybody can take that logo and use it for whatever they want because it's automatically in the public domain. Mm -hmm. That's true. So uh, just hashtag not legal advice, but uh, <laughs> um, so that's really you know, a good thing to know. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of, of yeah, how you can't trademark stuff. Like if I have AI write me a story, I can't trademark it. I can sell it, but anybody else can take it and sell it too. Right. Um, so, you have so your hey, um, so this is a really, uh, we've just barely touched on <laughs> on all the stuff that a graphic designer does, a professional graphic designer does. And, um, and you know, if your company is a, a mid-sized company, if you're, if you're looking to grow and you're really wanting to establish your brand uh, with a consistent um, look across the board, we'd be happy to talk to you. You can book a discovery call with us. Uh, you go to escapeplanmarketing.com and, and do that. Um, but uh, I do have an action tip for you. Even if you are, if you're just a, a solopreneur and you're just doing something, here's what I want you to do. Because I, I'm, uh, we kind of have a mission. It's, it's kind of a side mission here um, to kind of eliminate brat, bad design in local community businesses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, and and we've seen, uh, first off, if your business is called something by design or creative something, and especially if it's like by Kim, by Tina, by Brad, you know, first off, change your company name. Uh, <laughs> just, just stop, please. Just, for, the, for the love of all things design, please stop. Um, you know, if by design is in your name, you're really not a designer. If creative is in your name, it's not creative. You know, it's, 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 you know, looked upon ironically, but, but in all seriousness, what I want you to do is I want you for your action tip of this month to take a look at your brand, take a good look at your brand and say, is this something that somebody would look at and instantly recognize as a one man show as a local business? as a, you know, something that I didn't spend money on my brand with. Um, take a good look at your brand. Have other people look at your brand that you can trust to give you honest feedback about it. Um, it's, it's great if you can do this before you put it on the sign outside your business. But even if you've already got it on your business, on your car, whatever, have people take a look at your brand and give you honest feedback on what that represents to them. They're going to point out things that maybe you didn't see. They're going to point out things that maybe there's a, an icon in your branding that looks like something it's not supposed to look like. 
You know, it may represent something to different people. And so it's good to get other eyes on there, but also look at other brains in the community. If you drive through your town, um, whether it's a major metropolitan area or a small town America, if you're driving through your town, you can point out those businesses that have that did not spend money on their logo or that that have like the 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 cheap you can tell you can just tell look at them and identify okay that's that's a local yokel that's just making it using their clip art this is somebody who actually had a professional and you can pick out the differences even if you don't know how to do it yourself which is why we're having this conversation in the first place you can pick out what was a DIY job, what was a Canva job by somebody who just, you know, is using free Canva and what is a professional graphic designer. Um, you can you can tell those differences. Um, so drive through your community and take a look at that um, when you're looking at your own branding. So Awesome. Well, before we go, Jennifer, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, you know, uh, we need between Drew and I, we all we both need some somebody to make us better looking. And you actually, you really, really raised the bar this morning uh, for us. Um, but Drew, uh, what are you, you talking know, about? I put on a clean shirt and everything. I didn't even do my hair for this episode. Um, I, I so, messed up my hair just enough to make it look like I did it on purpose. Uh, Jennifer, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, are you on social? Are you on LinkedIn? How can anybody reach out to you yeah. and, and find you and ask you questions about design? Well, specifically for design, um, definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm just I'm Jennifer Hart as creative director at Escape Plan Marketing. You'll find me there. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, but LinkedIn would probably be the best place to ask me questions. And I'd love to talk to other creative professionals too, to kind of pick their brain. I always love hearing um, what people's favorite resources are for education and inspiration. So awesome. Awesome. Uh, Drew, you mentioned it, but uh, who are we sponsored (laughs) by and what would you like people to do if they've made it this far in the episode? Hey, if you've made it this far in the episode, first of all, uh, let's give you a big giant hug here um, or, you know, pound it out or, or elbow, however you, however you do that. Um, uh, we're, we're really grateful for that. Uh, it helps us in the, in the algorithms. And also, hopefully you've received something value, valuable out of this. Uh, I do have an announcement, though. Uh, we are actually available in more places now than we've ever been before. So in addition to Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, YouTube, and Anchor Network, which is now Spotify for podcasters, um, they just changed their name. We are also now available on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Audible Podcasts. So we are available in more places, Marketing Rocket Fuel. and you can go to escapeplanmarketing.com slash subscribe, and we'll put a link in the description, and you can actually subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Um, so anytime a new episode drops, we will send out a newsletter. Uh, it's got links to our blog post. It's got links to every place you can listen or watch Marketing Rocket Fuel um, so, so that you never miss an episode. Um, so just go to escapeplanmarketing.com slash subscribe. And of course, we are sponsored by Escape Plan Marketing. It's our only sponsor. So if you hear us mention other things on here, we are not paid for those promotions. It's just <laughs> things that we use or 
or maybe don't like. Um, um, you know, we mentioned uh, sometimes we've mentioned tools that we use and don't like. So, <laughs> um, and of course, uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all of those things. Uh, hit the bell. Don't smash it because you know we don't want you to break your phone. Uh, but. Um, but be sure and like, comment, and subscribe. If you like what you see here, that's great. If you if there's something that you disagree with, please talk to us about it. I wanna I wanna get into a flame war here in the comments. Oh, that's such a like early two thousands term flame war. Um, <laughs> flame war. Wow, I hadn't heard that. No, time. actually, we we appreciate people who uh, who see things differently than us, and we like to have those discussions. So uh, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and. Um, we, um, oh, hey, you probably want to know what we're talking about next time on Marketing Rocket Fuel. What are we talking about next time? What? <laughs> we have more episodes coming. Uh, and the next one, we're going to talk about what is a web developer and what do they do? And um, and kind of with our versus theme, we're going to talk about web developers versus the DIY on Wix and Squarespace. We've got another episode about Wix and Squarespace out there. Um, our conclusions may surprise you on that one. So go back and watch that. But uh, we're going to talk about what a professional web developer does and the different types of web developers that there are out there because they're very specialized these days and they don't all do the same thing. So we'll be sure and tune in on our next episode. Fantastic. Drew, always great seeing you. Jennifer, thank you for being with us. And thank you for tuning in and listening. And we will see you next time.